Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Tez News Podcast, where we bring you the essential briefing on the key news of the week for everyone who works for and with schools. I'm John Roberts, Deputy News Editor at Tez, and in today's episode, we'll be discussing this year's ITT census data that the Department of Education has published this week. I'm joined by senior reporter and our workforce specialist, Matilda Martin, to give you a rundown of everything you need to know about this year's numbers. Matilda, hi. Hi, John. So it feels like we've been talking about the dire state of recruitment for a while. During the pandemic, we saw an uptick in the number of people choosing to become teachers, but that quickly faded away. And last year, we were in the position where the DfE missed its target for the recruitment of secondary teacher trainees by 43%. So I guess the question everyone was wondering was, are things going to look any better this year? Matilda, what have we got? So the short answer is no. Things have actually got worse, if anything. So like you said, last year, the DfE missed its target for secondary recruitment for, by around 43%. This year, we're looking at 50%. So while secondary teacher recruitment has gone up a little bit, as we would expect with an increase in bursaries and some shortage subjects, because the targets have also been raised by quite a big margin, it means that we're even further off the targets than we are last year, despite that increase. I think this will be a real blow to the government, especially as I said, you know, they've, they've increased the bursaries for this year. I think one of the things that is worth pointing out is in primary, we've actually had quite a, a low shortfall as well. That's one of the things that I'll be speaking with our guest, Jack Worth, School Workforce Lead at NFER, later on the show about. Sure. So we've got a, a great piece on our site that really breaks down the detail of this. Is there anything that kind of really jumps out at individual subject level? Yes. So obviously the picture overall is around 50%, uh, but while that is in itself quite bad. It also masks some of the worst shortfalls, I'd say. So the subjects that suffer the worst shortfalls in regard to the target are business studies, physics and DT. So these are all pretty poor. Business studies is missing around 84% of the recruits that the government said it needed. So it only recruited 16% of the target. Physics is very similar, around 83%. And that's also very similar to last year. We've actually ended up missing around 15 out of 18 secondary subjects in terms of the target. And the only subjects that we've actually seen subjects recruitment exceed the targets in were history, classics and PE. PE obviously always exceeds the target. Yeah, I mean, those, those figures are so striking. Um... What's the, the reaction been like from the sector and from, from, from school leaders? As you can imagine, the figures are pretty devastating. Leaders have actually described the figures as catastrophic. Once again, we had that same language used last year. And they're also saying that the government this year has plumbed new depths. I spoke to Jack Worth, school workforce leader at NFER, earlier this week about what these figures mean and what things might be looking like for the future of recruitment. Obviously, yesterday we saw the fact that we had an even bigger shortfall in secondary recruitment in comparison to targets. But while the targets were kind of even further away, is it quite hopeful that, you know, we had a little bit more recruitment this year than last year? I think there's a complex set of patterns in there that are worth 
unpicking to understand what's going on. Um, so as you said, the the number of trainees coming into secondary training was a bit higher than last year, but the targets were so much higher that actually the comparison to target uh, was lower. So we're actually recruiting half of the target in secondary. Um, so the increase might be seen as uh, positive. I think there's some positives in there, uh, but it's important to remember that there were increases in bursaries for quite a number of subjects last year. Uh, and that's where we've seen the biggest increases. So the subjects that saw a bursary increase had an increase in trainees of around 19%, uh, whereas those that had no change to their bursary had actually uh, seen a fall in the number of trainees. So where subjects weren't getting a bursary increase, they were actually receiving fewer trainees uh, than the previous year. So there's a kind of underlying sign of weakness in the recruitment data there. So there was an increase in secondary recruitment, which is good, but that was mostly down to bursary increases. I think there are some reasons why we might expect that. So I think one of the key reasons why we've seen such difficulty recruiting enough teachers is the strength of the wider labour market. So since the pandemic restrictions eased, we've seen a big increase in the number of vacancies available in the wider economy. So the the wider labour market has been very strong with lots of opportunities competing against teaching, essentially, and making it difficult to attract teachers into teacher training when there are so many other options available. The labour market has started to cool, has been steadily cooling for the last uh, two years, but it's still more uh, strong than it was before the pandemic. Now we've got you know, high inflation, uh, high interest rates, and the economy is cooling. So we might expect to see that come down even further. And with a weaker labour market, that would help teaching. Uh, but, you know, we're not talking about a kind of big recession like we had uh, during during COVID, which saw a big increase in applications uh, to teacher training. So, yeah, it, it's difficult to see where um, a kind of big increase might come, but there might be a positive from, uh, from a, a weakening labour market next year. Sure. And one of the other things that I was really, really interested to look at was the primary recruitment picture. So we obviously had... Um, we were even closer to the target than we were last year, but recruitment actually fell by about 2,000, didn't it, compared to, to last year. Do you think that is a concern at all? Well, I think, I think it is a concern. I think it's an underlying concern in terms of why, not, why fewer uh, trainees are coming into primary uh, teacher training. I think one of the reasons is linked to the bursary, which I mentioned in terms of, yeah, it didn't have a bursary. It's, it's not had a bursary for a number of years. There was no change to that last year. So it was in line with a lot of other subjects, uh, secondary subjects that hadn't seen a bursary increase in that the, the number of trainees came in, uh, coming in fell. I guess the difference with primary compared to secondary subjects is that actually pupil numbers are falling. So in contrast to a lot of subjects where the target had increased, actually the primary target came down because uh, we knew... The, the, the falling pupil numbers means we don't need quite as many teachers uh, to, to keep the system uh, going. Uh, so so it was kind of the, the recruitment was at the target or very close to the target, just below. Um, so in that sense, it was, um, you know, relatively healthy compared to the target. But I guess it's, it's a concern that fewer trainees are coming in. And if that trend continues, then we're going to see very difficult recruitment in primary, even though... Uh, 
that the demands of the system means we we don't need quite so many coming into teacher training as in previous years. I, I think the, I think the trends are suggesting that uh, things aren't going to necessarily get uh, any better on their own. So we need to improve the attractiveness of teaching uh, effectively to make sure that more teachers are coming in, um, but also retaining more teachers uh, because any any teachers we retain will tend to bring the targets down and therefore mean we don't need to recruit so many teachers. So we need to be doing both and improving the attractiveness for teachers coming in, but also making sure that we're retaining more teachers. Um, I think as we approach the next remit for the school teachers review body, I think pay will be uh, really important, um, making sure that the pay of teachers is uh, increasing in competitiveness. So we can actually attract more teachers in uh, than previously, that would really help. Um, but that's been made more difficult by inflation and again what's going on in the wider labor market uh, so the official government forecaster um, uprated how much it thinks average earnings is going to grow over the next year uh, from 1.7 percent to three percent so you know maybe six months ago we might be thinking that a two percent pay rise might be uh, in line with what's going on in the wider labor market and then maybe three percent would be improving competitiveness actually we're now in a situation where we need a 3% pay rise for teachers to even stand still in terms of the competitiveness for recruitment and retention. So again, the wider, wider labor market is making it somewhat challenging, uh, but yeah, an improvement in the competitiveness of pay would, would, would surely help to uh, attract more teachers in, oh, as, long, uh, as well as other things to improve retention, like reducing workload and increasing job satisfaction. Yeah, so, so as Jack Jack describes there, uh, I really do feel like we're a bit at a bit of a watershed moment. You know, we've got experts calling for urgent and radical action, and we've got a recruitment picture and also a retention picture, both of which are are looking one either not good or with recruitment increasingly worse. Obviously, we're coming up to a general election, and I think recruitment is is one of those things that is going to start breaking through especially for the public, in terms of just visibility. Parents don't want their kids in school if they're not being taught by a teacher that can actually teach the subject. And one of the things that we're seeing more and more in reports are increases in non-specialist teachers. But also the flip side of that is the pressure that it puts on teachers in the profession. And that in itself can also cause attrition. Yes, I, I think, I wonder whether it's an issue that might, like, like with school funding, and a couple of times we have a thing where there's the issues that we know about in the sector and that we know our audience care about, but occasionally they, it cuts through into the mainstream. And, and I do wonder whether the, this issue is maybe getting towards a tipping point whereby, you know, it's not just data and it's not just warnings, it's kind of parents and families and pupils are seeing these shortages and feeling these shortages in their day-to-day -day education. Um, I think it's probably worth mentioning here that the government has said is refreshing its recruitment and retention strategy, I guess repurposing it for a post-COVID world, although we have no idea as yet what that will look like or when any changes will be made. Matilda, why do we think things are so bad at the moment? So one of the things that I think has really shone through post-pandemic and something that the sector and experts all agree on is the increase in flexible working in the wider workforce. So... Before the pandemic, flexible working was a thing. Yeah, it existed, wasn't unheard of. But now we've had a complete flipping of that. So we've got a world now where 
flexible working is seen as the expected, seen as the norm. And I think we all know that offering that in teaching is, is very, very limited. So that's one aspect of things. And I know that obviously the DfE has introduced its flexible working toolkit and is trying to encourage leaders to build and increase flexibility into, into schools. I think leaders are coming up a lot against sort of barriers with that. So that's one of the things to, to consider. One of the other things that we've also got to think about, and there's a bit of an elephant in the room, is teacher pay. You know, we had that increase of a 6.5% pay award for this, from this September 23. The unions were very clear when they accepted that pay offer that they were accepting it on the grounds that they were expecting another similar increase this year. We don't yet know what Gillian Keegan's remit will be for the STRB, the Independent Pay Review Body, purely because she hasn't sent it yet. And that in itself is actually causing a lot of stress from the unions, um, purely because it's already around three weeks later than she sent it last year. And one of the other things as well, I think, and we can't avoid mentioning it is, is workload. Post-pandemic, the collapse of services that support schools and also the increased workload that that then puts back onto teachers. So I think there's a lot of factors going on, a lot of reasons why we're seeing recruitment fall um, post-pandemic uh, and also over the last decade as well. And I think this is definitely something that will gain more and more traction, I would say, and become more and more of a pressing issue as we continue to see these patterns emerging. Yeah, I think it's, um, that's all, all really good points. I think it kind of, um, it's quite striking when you look at this data that it, that it is both in a way, although this is recruitment data, it's the, the steepness of the target are, are, are kind of in part because of a retention crisis as well. And a lot of the issues with, that we write about and talk about don't happen in isolation. So pressure of accountability, pressure of school funding, pressure of Ofsted, all of those factors that we see charities like Education Support talk about as having an impact on teachers' well-being, also have an impact on the sustainability of the job. And, and that, of course, translates into the retention Yeah, figures. I think one thing that's quite striking and, and struck me whilst I was listening to the Commons Education Committee this week was um, Gillian Keegan talked about them refreshing a, a teacher recruitment campaign next year. But all of this kind of intention to attract more people to the sector is happening against a backdrop that could be seen as quite negative from the outside. So we had the kind of ongoing pay dispute and the strike action that the NEU Teaching Union launched last year. And just this week, we've had both of the main teaching unions taking the education secretary to task over not having started the pay process for, for next year um, and voicing their concerns about that. And then at the same time, you've got the government basically looking to reduce the labour rights of teachers through the creation of minimum service levels, which could impact on their, their right to strike because the way the government envisages it is that school employers will be able to issue a work notice to teachers and say that they're, they're, they're required to work during the strike. You know, we talked about um, the flexibility that graduates will have to work from home and, and the kind of appeal that, that that has and the challenge that teaching has to compete with that. All of this kind of backdrop of poor relations between industrial, between trade unions and the DfE potentially doesn't help either because I think 
it, it leads to a position where you've got the trade representatives telling the government that teachers don't receive enough pay and that they're having their rights eroded. And at a time when we're struggling to get people through the door to aspire to be teachers, you've got to worry about what kind of an impact these negative headlines will have on recruitment and retention overall. Well, Matilda, thanks for your time. Don't forget, you can find all the stories we've discussed today and more on our website. Visit tes.com forward slash magazine forward slash news. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you very much. <laughs>